on maynard.com.au. AU! It's gone all bung this week. Shh, everybody, pretend we're not home. It's Punga Punga. They might ring the doorbell, but we're not coming. Punga Punga with Maynard and Tim Ferguson. Hello, everybody. Bunga Bunga. Bunga Bunga 38 rests gently on your pillow like a chocolate that's melted that you put your head on just before you went to bed and you woke up going, Like a hammer that you had that disappeared and the kids say they don't know where it went. It's that feeling when you reach for a Phillips screwdriver and you get a flathead. Now you know why. Bunga Bunga 38 coming to you live from the Madame Fru Fru Cafe in Glee Point Road where it's a beautiful sunny day. We're hoping that we will hear the motorbike noise of the alternative film writer of Glebe going past and maybe get an idea what his next project would be. In fact, I know you've been looking into his project bag, Tim. What can we expect to see from the alternative film writer of Glebe? It's a very short film. It's a short film. I know people are making short films because everybody wants to be in Trapfest for no particular reason. He's making a short film that is so short it will perhaps be a world record for short film. Under 15 seconds? Under 15 seconds, way under. In fact, it may not be a film at all. It'll just be a still. He'll just hold up a photograph on stage and run off. It's a Polaroid that he will send it to John Paulson and the good people at Tropfest. Hey, play this and put this on the screen at Tropfest. Everyone, everyone picnicking at the, with the overpriced bottles of wine down the front will go, oh, that's so bespoke. Yeah, bespoke. I didn't even know what bespoke meant. It was something with a bicycle. Yeah, then I realised the word bespoke was specially built. For Northcote. Yeah, Northcote. Hello, Northcote. Look at you. You mentioned an alien life form. Put your little macchiato down. That facial hair that you have is not good, okay? You've got to let it go. You're basically pretty stupid. I was surprised. Everything that was in Bunga Bunga 37 that we put out last time, we did not get one email about anything. We were speaking good common sense. I know. Other people may have been upset. Why would you write in? Because we're an unstoppable train. But I think people had to sit back and say everything that happened in Bunga Bunga episode 37 is true. Too much! He's Tim Ferguson, of course, of the movie spin-out of the Doug Anthony All-Stars of television all over the place. I'm Maynard from my house. Maynard, who was just at Electronic the other night. Oh, we'll be telling about that. And if you weren't there, that's why your ears are not ringing. On Bunga Bunga 38, you'll hear this. I want to marry a lighthouse keeper and keep him company. That. And what will you hear from you, Tim? You'll be hearing this impersonation. What's the matter, Skippy? What's got you all excited? You want me to come with you? Uncanny, Tim. Well, we better get going before we... Boom! Too late. That kid booed us. That lousy kid. We are trying to be creative and create something new and dynamic, you little bastard. He booed the Hindenburg explosion. Oh, the humanity. Boom! Talk about kicking someone when they're down. How do you feel now, kid? And here comes the 431 on time going down Glee Point Road to its terminus down the end. And the people on the bus go round and there's nobody on the bus. Bunga Bunga News. The Doug Anthony All-Stars are going to Lismore and Grafton. And after that, we'll be at the Comedy Store in Sydney. I saw that. Doing one hour of power. Uh, two and a half hour shows squeezed into one hour, so make sure you wear a wetsuit. Then, of course, we're off to Edinburgh. We'll play the whole festival for a month. Then we go to the Shepherd's Bush Empire 
to play London. So if you're in London, make sure you book now because it'll sell out. Big news, of course, Germany passed same-sex marriage, Tim. Now it's legal to get married to a person of whatever sex you choose. God, of course, has responded immediately to this. God decided to smite Germany with temperatures of around 24 degrees, sunny skies and mild breezes. Take that, you gay people. Oh, be nice. That'll show them. It's showing them. They're having sex right now. But when they come outside, they will see the sunshine and they will know that God is watching. You almost had the cadence of Eddie Izzard in your voice then. They will see the sunshine and they will know that God is watching. I do not need a trade to kill you. I can kill you without a tray, with the power of the force, which is strong within me. So the food is hot. You'll need a tray to put the food on. Oh, I see the food is hot. I'm sorry. I I taught Eddie Izzard everything he knows, apart from the cadence. That was the one thing I didn't teach him, but I guess he picked it up. We've got people like Corey Bernardi, MP in Australia, who think that God has some opinion on gay marriage. Marriage is not defined in the Bible is not defined in the Bible as being between a man and a woman. It was just taken as for granted. Why would you point out things like breathe in and make sure you breathe out shortly after? God has no interest. If God had any interest, Germany would have been smitten. Ireland, it's been three years now, and their economy is booming. So if you think God is interested in people putting their pee-pees in their noo-noos and their fingers in their yah-yahs, get another thought. Why would God be interested in marriage? Because as far as I know, Jesus never went on a date. No, he never did. He never did once. There was that awkward Tinder moment, but he decided against it. The Last Supper? Was that a date? Kind of like a mandate, all the guys getting together. A farewell. And they got smashed. That's what they don't mention in Mass. And he passed one cup around. Really? One cup? Because they were hitting the grog back then. Nobody had to drive home. They were too busy washing each other's feet, if you know what I mean. I wouldn't mind getting my feet washed by a messiah. As Tim mentioned, Electronic, the club that once a month that we mentioned last week, and people were going, how come I didn't know about it? Well, we mentioned about it last time, so you had a good couple of days to get along to the club. If you weren't listening to Bunga Bunga, as I explained, you really are a burden to yourself and a trouble to the world. Burden to yourself, trouble to the world. Electronic, what were some of the tracks that were featured at this amazing event, Maynard. The next one is the 6th of August. I danced to some yellow. I danced to some KLF, and there's actually video of me on the electronic Facebook page dancing in a wild, wild fashion, really cutting up a rug there in my new romantic suit to a bit of KLF, Dr. and Zardis. Oh, yeah, you were dancing like there was no one else dancing. And some art of noise. Sadly, no Richie family, but that's not really what they're there for. Did they dare play the Lebanon? They played the 12 inch of the Human League song The Lebanon, and that was the only Human League song they played. Impressy, ballsy, and a floor filler. The Lebanon. The Lebanon. 
So what kind of people turn up to electronic? Our age and older, but heaps of younger people too. In fact, I walked off the dance floor and there was this girl in front of me. She would have been in her 20s, dressed exactly in new romantic garb. It's like she'd been ripped out of a time-space continuum in 1983 and plonked briefly into this club. She didn't look like she was dressing up. She looked like she was a new romantic. So what's the new romantic garb? I was wearing an embroidered suit. I looked a little bit like something from The Sound of Music. I am 16 going on seven. More like the Von Trapp family singers. Lederhosen. Yeah, that's the thing. You had a lot of people wearing colours and everything. There was someone dressed as General Gaddafi there. I thought that was pretty cool. It may have been Gaddafi. Apparently there have been sightings in Western Sydney. Look, it's well known that Gaddafi didn't die. He just moved upstairs to Harpoon Harry's. He's got a room up there, comes down, does a bit of dancing, goes back up there, plays a bit of slots in the VIP room. Or he may have gone to Brazil, like all the good Nazis. Look, there goes the 431. There goes the 431. You'll never take me alive, you filthy coppers. Hi, I'm Simon Day from Rackat, and you're listening to Bunga Bunga with Tim and Maynard. Tim, you've also come out against trans people using the disabled bathroom. Trans people should be able to use whichever bathroom they identify the most with. At the moment, there's a little sign in Canberra Public Service Buildings next to that little person in a wheelchair, which is this trans symbol. And what's it look like? Kind of got arrows and crosses going all over the place. It's not the best kind of symbol, but there it is. The reason why I object to it is because trans people of any kind should be able to go whichever bathroom they want, but also a disabled bathroom has monkey bars in it. It has special open and closing doors. It's got little emergency buttons you can press if you get into trouble. It's designed for people with disabilities. But they also happen to be good for having sex in and doing drugs. And doing both at once. Whoever had that little idea of a committee, I know will put all the special people in one bathroom, is neglecting the fact that if you have a disability, sometimes when you got to go, you got to go now. And you shouldn't be queuing up behind someone who's been pushed out of the bathroom with which they identify. Tim, what happens when there's a big convention of disabled people you would have been to where there's lots of people in wheelchairs and there's only one bathroom? That must be a problem because there aren't many places that have got more than one disabled bathroom. There's a queue. That's right. It's almost like the ladies. Canberra, thanks for trying and thanks for trying to accommodate transgender people. I'm sure the transgender people will tell you to fuck off faster than I would. Give them whatever bathroom they want. It's none of my business what junk the person next to me is holding. Well, speaking of junk that is our business, it's time to open our crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. People that have come to us through our Facebook page, through our email, although we got none, none last week. How can anyone in 2017 talk feminism and get not one email? I was apparently, according to Clementine Ford, sexist. And if that doesn't set fire to your undies, I don't know what will. Crank mail. This is from Rob Darby. Soapbox Darby is his podcast. I was on there just yesterday. He asked me about politics and Tim, I'm not very deep. You are deep, but very slender. Soapbox Darby, the latest episode I'm on. Rob Darby wants to know, Tim, how long before the Turnbull government decides to euthanize the disabled? They're certainly talking about it. They're the right wing. Right wing people always look for the simple solutions like that. I'm sure the Liberal Party are talking about it, but they're too busy trying to kill each other Mm. to worry about killing people with disabilities. 
How long before we either get Tony Abbott back or we find the Treasurer becomes the Prime Minister? Either of those is possible. The other is that Malcolm will just keep hanging on. Sometimes it's just too hard to do these things and time is running out. If we get through October and nothing's happened, then Malcolm's Prime Minister forever. Crank mail! Question from Oliver Udall. How can I cure my dandruff? Ask a pharmacist. Ask your local pharmacist. And another thing is take evening primrose oil because that stuff's very good for your hair. It's very good for your skin. Tim recommends evening primrose oil. Maynard recommends hash oil. That way you won't care that you've got dandruff. We gave Andrew Bolt some great ideas last week. He's taken none of them up. He won't be told, Andrew. I'm waiting for us to be invited on Andrew's show. He just gets the worst guests. They are all dreadful. I want to be able to go on his show and sing a couple of songs. You and I could do some dancing. And if you are really listening to an alt-right show like Red Ice Radio, Bolt's nothing. I asked him if we should be friends and he said, no, I don't think we can be friends. (laughs) You may disagree. In fact, you probably disagree with everything Andrew Bolt says, but it's worth reading Andrew Bolt to see what he actually thinks. It's too easy to go off the back of other people's tweets. Read what he says, watch his TV show, and think, what is it that makes him think that? Just the once. Yeah, too many people say to me, what do you mean you read The Australian? Tim doesn't only read The Australian, Tim rings the editor of The Australian if he finds something that there's a problem with. I give him a call. I give him a call, roast him up. How else are you going to know what your political adversaries are thinking unless you actually read what they're thinking? Get out of the bottle. We just got a double dose of 431 then. I think they're actually looking for the screenwriter of Glee because that one had no passengers either. Frank Mail. Jessica Gomesall wants to know top picks for the Edinburgh Fringe this year other than the Doug Anthony All-Stars. Who do you, who's on the bill at Edinburgh that you uh, would recommend at this point? Oh, there's only one act you have to see. You have to see this Jessica Gomesall. Jerry Sadowitz. Mr. Sadowitz, first name Jerry. He is the most extraordinary comedian on the face of the planet, and he has been for the last 30 years. A genius. He's a very, uh, you would say, caustic, offensive comedian. You've got to see this guy, the Doug Anthony All-Stars, worship him, and we don't worship many comedians. Also, I'd recommend if you're looking for a bit of comedy, you should try out the BBC4 radio news quiz. Rich Little is a regular there now and he's damn good and he puts a really good American spin on the English absurdities. And a a guy I would see on stage because of his uh, political leanings and the way he just rambles well when he rambles because I listen to his podcast, The Smartest Man in the World, and that's Greg Proops. We've mentioned before on the show, I'm a big fan of his comedy. Yeah, he came out to Australia and we had a lot of fun with Mr. Proops. He's brutally funny, but he did have that great line about Kiwis. I really admire Kiwis for the fruit and boot polish that they (laughs) produce. Go see that man. Here's something you should look up, but I was actually recently filing my records, Tim. Can you imagine what filing my vinyl records would be like? Is that a metaphor? (laughs) You've got like a million... Yes, I have. Yep. Well, I've found a room to put them in and I've got shelves to put them on. I was going through them and I found this album, a BBC album, Colour Wars, and I'm going, I've obviously pulled this album out of the Triple J library and kept it because Triple J threw out all its vinyl when I was there. So I'm. what happened was Arnold Follow said, okay, that's all the vinyl we're getting rid of. Anyone wants it, take it. I was straight on the phone to my flatmate, Jeff, the shopkeeper. I said, I'm coming home. I'm getting the car and we're both coming in here. And that afternoon we went in there and we would have, would have filled up the car with about a thousand albums, most of which I still have. It's the first time government's given anything to anybody that's useful. Yep, they just had to get rid of the vinyl and I happened to be there. Same thing happened to SCR as well. Colour Wars, it is all about 
these red, blue, and green planets that exist and they can't get to each other. And then suddenly they discover how to get to each other and they want to have war by painting each other's colours on each other's planets. Here's a bit of the music just to see how kooky it is. Once upon a time, in a timeless place, there were three kingdoms. One red, one blue, one gold. Living apart, they couldn't travel between the kingdoms, so they never came into contact. As a result, each came to love only their own color and hate the others. What will happen when they meet? It's an 80s BBC TV project, Color Wars. If you like corny, you'll enjoy that. Tim, right now it's time to check out my bug out bag. What's in Maynard's bug out bag? A bug out bag is something you simply have to have with you if you're bugging out of somewhere. It could be anywhere. And if you're bugging out of home and you're going out to a nightclub, you will need this thing. Wow, that looks like a drink card. That's right. This is a drink ticket, which I got at Electronic, which I didn't use, you can tell, because I've still got it. A drink ticket is what you would get from the DJ or someone at a nightclub that would entitle you to one drink at the bar. We never used to get these in Sydney back in the day. Your name was just on the bar and you'd get free drinks because they knew you were the DJ. You would have got a few drink tickets in your time, wouldn't you, Tim? They mostly looked like raffle tickets. Some of them had messages written on the back, help me. Another one I used to get a lot of the time is, I want to come with you. What a delight it is for someone to say, swap this for a beer. Go on, go on. In a nightclub situation, something like a free drink can seem like an absolute fantasy come true. And all of a sudden you realise, I am lucky. I am lucky in this world. Because how many people who work in, say, the White House would be given a free beer? Particularly with Trump, he's probably installed like a minibar situation. You touch one of those things, you pay for it. You touch that and you get grabbed. That's what's in the bug out bag. Tim, is there anything on your agenda you wish to push forward here? Tell us how Cairns was. We had a great time in Cairns in the tanks. If you're in a band or you're a comedian, look at the tanks. Recommissioned from their role as oil tanks in the Second World War, hidden in the trees from the Japanese Zero planes. These massive tanks that are now just a great theatre. The people of Cairns are not like the people anywhere else. And let's just leave it that, okay? Paul McDermott and Paul Livingston, your compatriots in the Dugganthian All-Stars, were any of them worried about any potential Japanese snipers that might have been left behind from the Second World War? They are very nervous people. Well, they are very nervous people. You're quite right. And they were. I kept saying to them, it's fine, it's fine. But they kept looking out into the trees saying, I saw something moving. Any advance on the Triple J's position on the whistle song that you've been so incensed by over the recent months? Yeah, the Triple J morning hosts. The Hoppo and Bumpo. Yeah, Hoppo and Bumpo, Fizzy and Yeasty have been creating this furor, this campaign, this hysteria about the Doug Anthony All-Stars whistle song. This is without having even heard the song. I don't know who's told them what, but the fact is the whistle song is part of our freedom of speech and we in the Doug Anthony All-Stars will not be told by a pack of government radio station people what we can or cannot talk about. I can't give you the details of the whistle song, You'll have to come and see it live and make your own choice. 
We're going to do a bip over there. Someone's given us a bit of the horn there. The, the bus driver from the 431 wants to be known. Yeah, yeah, he's waving to us. This is what Glebe is all about. Yeah, off he goes. There is actually a house track, which I used to play a lot, called The Whistle Song. Would you like to hear a little bit of that right now? It's got no vocals in it. It has nothing to do with your version. Oh, yeah, let's listen to The Early Whistle Song. Another 431. I almost got into an argument with someone, a friend of John Ferris's, who's a, a DJ and, and a man on the scene around Sydney. He was going on about some guy who put a, an Opal card chip, which is what you use to get around on the public transport here in New South Wales, made it part of his body. So he could just put his hand near it to on and off. And I said, look, what would be really progressive is if we actually didn't need any card and it was free. And one of his friends was straight on to me, oh, but there's no such thing as free. What do you mean to find free? Well, who's going to pay for this? No, free like Medicare, free like tax breaks to industry. Yes, of course someone pays for it. Of course someone pays for it. That's what we pay taxes for. You can either buy a bunch of very expensive submarines or you could make public transport free, which would give a lot of mobility to young people in the far-out suburbs, the ability to come in and hang around the CBD and cause trouble there. But seriously, free public transport. It shouldn't be that much of a brainer. And of course, people say, oh, Medicare is free. But really, Maynard, you know, we all pay that extra levy tax. So it's kind of covered. And you would do the same thing with transport just to help everybody pay just a little bit of extra tax. And why not? It's only money. We started going down the road of the neo-Keynesian economic model versus the Chicago School of Economic Model. I just ended the argument straight away. I was saying, look, I think you need to speak to someone with more time or more education than me. Because we remember one thing, people. There is nothing more time-wasting and vapid than any fucking argument you'll ever have on Facebook. I hate you! I hate you more! Don't do it. Read. Watch porn. Meet someone. Meet a DJ and argue with them because it sounds like they do have a lot of time to read the newspapers. But how would you have gone in an argument, neo-Keynesian versus Chicago School of Economics? Oh, I'd always go old Keynesian. Just keep spending money and it will trickle upwards. The economist's name was Maynard Keynes, which I think is fantastic. Maynard! It should be the Maynard School of Economics. And a very smart guy, Donald Trump, doesn't even realise that's what he's doing, but that's what he's doing. He's going to pump a whole bunch of money into infrastructure, and that's good old-fashioned Keynesianism. Tim's Historical Hypothetical, where we put Tim in a place in history and ask him, well, what would you do, smartass? I wasn't told this was going to happen. It's an ambush interview. The date, the 3rd of September, 1928. Ah, that old chestnut. The place, Sydney, New South Wales. Ah, that old nut. There's been a referendum in the state of New South Wales on the 3rd of September, 1928, and you are the Reverend Hammond who was pushing the prohibition of alcohol in New South Wales. It was defeated by two to one in New South Wales and three to one in the Australian Capital Territory. What do you say in response to your resounding loss 
in trying to get alcohol prohibited in 1928 in New South Wales, Tim. You are Reverend Hammond. There is a story told in the film The Magnificent Seven. Of the guy who has jumped out of a five-storey, that's all they had then, a five-storey building. And as he passes each window, he says, so far, so good, so far, so good. And it's the same situation. Reverend, I would have just kept at it. If it wasn't for your efforts, nobody would have been made aware of the fact that alcohol can actually make you drunk. I think it's still worth banning alcohol in Australia just to refocus the nation's mind on which things should be banned and what detrimental effects those things have. I saw the other day that there was a massive marijuana joint bust. Just the one joint, one huge Cheech and Chong style joint. The length of your pinky, but boy, was that guy busted in the middle of an ice epidemic. It's good to see the police are focused on which drugs they find important. What Reverend Hammond did say... And this is a direct quote from him immediately after that failure to pass the prohibition in 1928. Those silly people who voted against prohibition yesterday will live to regret it, I am certain. Yeah, and we're all living to regret it now. Maybe the Reverend Hammond went off and invented the organ. That is music you cannot drink by. Reverend Hammond on the Hammond. It's not exactly going to make you horny or thirsty, but it does have its own mood. Just one more little listen to that beautiful Hammond organ with the drums. Of course, you rumbled me, Tim. That's not Reverend Hammond. That is, in fact, Dick Hyman on the organ there. Oh, yeah. Hyman, comma, Dick. From that album, The Organ Antics of Dick Hyman. That guy had a sense of humour. <laughs> but right now, someone who doesn't have a sense of humour because he's got his soapbox to get on, he's just getting it out slowly. He's getting on it. It's Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. Oh, hang on. Face I recognise. Oh, hello. You just recognised Tim, did you? I did. I did. Hello. Nice to see you again. Thank you for dropping by. It's nice when the locals come say hello, isn't it, Tim? Oh, yeah, yeah. The locals of Glebe, they can't help themselves. Also because there's nothing else to do in Glebe. There's no fun park. You are the fun park of Glebe. Sometimes I feel exactly that. I'm a bit of the slippery slide. (laughs) What they don't realise is I'm the slippery slope. Once you get on, the next thing you'll see is the bottom. Before we get back to your right of reply there, Tim, I've got to say one thing I really enjoy doing with you, which we need to do again, is when I push you from one end of Glee Point Road to the other. It's like a little bit of a public relations tour for you. You say hello and you wave to people and you go, oh, can we get this person to smile at us as we go along? It's quite an adventure, Tim. Oh, it's very important for both of us to get out. Uh, can I just ask you an ethical question here? I went to do my washing and the person had their washing finished in the dryer and I took their washing out and put it on on the sink. I did feel a bit awkward. Did I do the right thing? Because I really needed to dry my washing and there was only one dryer. They're only underpants, for God's sake. People want to get upset about their underwear being handled. 
then they should stand by and collect it themselves. How long should people be allowed to have their dried washing in the dryer before it's removed? We could make a New South Wales rule about this. You give them all the time in the world, 8.5 seconds, then it's out. I mean, for God's sake, it's underwear. We've all seen it. This is one of the problems of being human. Too many people want to deny the fact that they live in human bodies with genitals in their underpants. So just get over it. As Tim Ferguson's writer replied, Tim has a new political issue, a disabled stance that he's taking. In this time, he's actually doing it as part of a coordinated campaign. Very, very novel, Tim. Normally, you just go off on your own. No one listens. I know, no, but, but they're listening now, Maynard. Over 800 young people in Australia with severe MS, and by young, I mean in their 20s, are living in aged care facilities because they can't live in hospitals and they need to have round-the-clock care because the MS has stricken their ability to do the stuff you take for granted. There is a campaign called Help End the Hell. Worth looking up on the internet, checking it out, and affixing your signature, maybe liking it on Facebook. It's very important to get these poor 800 people around the country into somewhere where everybody's a bit more active. Aged care is for people who are taking it easy, chilling out. They don't want to turn up their music loud. But these are people in their 20s who need somewhere that doesn't just have pastoral scenes on the walls. It's worth the government actually waking up to the fact that there is a problem that's not being addressed. Help end the hell. Get into it. Check it out. Worth having a look. The Boonga Boonga? My wife is away in Canada. She's gone to Canada and I'm going out of my mind. Tim is pining for his beautiful wife, Stephanie. He's even wearing the Canada shirt. That's the best you can do. I pretend that my T-shirt is Stephanie. It seems very poor consolation. It's not quite the same. It doesn't talk back. Has anyone done you wrong, Tim? Nobody ever does me wrong. And if they did, how would I be able to tell? I did have a woman go behind me in a queue this week. It was just in a cafe. I was queuing up to pay my bill. She just went... She wanted me to hurry up because I was having a bit of a chat. I like to have a bit of a chat, put people at ease. And she went... There are people around the place everywhere. So to that lady... If you're listening to this podcast, you can meet any time. Maybe she's working on her Skippy impersonation. She's just got the first bit down. What's the matter, Skippy? What's got you all excited? You want me to come with you? (laughs) Well, that's true. If she gets it to, she could really go places. But right now it's time to thank our Patreon sponsors here. We'd like to thank the heavy hitters Panda Paws, Nick Andrew, Andrew Waddington, Peter Young, Natasha Critter, Frankie Lee. Oh, Frankie Lee, I listen to all his albums. Norman Fox, you've got to check out your details, Norm. It's gone all bung this week. Richard Wright, Mel Wilden, James Trevina, Greg Duralis, F. Carmichael, Christy Shields, Katie, Lindley, Craig, Katrina, Andy, Emily, Jeremy, Daniel, John and Spud, who I believe is a Dalmatian. And all of those names, including the Dalmatian, were the names of the people who made up the Tivoli dancers in the 1920s, 30s and beyond. Who would have thought? Rachel Dunlop, Dr. Rachel, who lives in Michael Jackson's hole, Shell Lancaster, Leonie, Mark, Dana, Kath, 
Nick, Sue, Sammy, Eva, Daryl Adams. Daryl Adams, he, he serves it up to us. Yeah, Daryl, I remember you when you were a kid. The mighty David Hickey, Sinferella Eva, and of course, Rebecca Jones. Rebecca Jones, still my favourite sci-fi TV series. You've been listening to your favourite TV sci-fi series that hasn't got any pictures, Bunga Bunga 38. Number 38, who could believe it? It's been so much fun making Bunga Bungas. We're so glad that the listenership is growing and growing with Australia's fastest growing podcast, which is quite a thing. And it's all your fault, particularly you people who get on board with the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Maynard. Give us something to help this. It's a tough one sometimes. It's tough. The reason we aren't on sometimes is because I'm out working in a shoe store. They don't know he's there, but you're certainly helping the customers. No one moves those double plugger thongs like I do, Tim. No way. And you should see my new shoes that may not help me get. They're called the Garys. Shh. They're called the Garys. And the reason they're called the Garys is because guys called Gary would wear them. They've got Velcro straps. And as we say here at Bunga Bunga 38, I'm Maynard. And he's Maynard. One thing you should definitely do is get under the house. That's right. Get under the house. Get under the house. He's in the house.
maynard.com.au. Hey, you! Bryson and Hugh. Everything digital 